Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. Hello, beautiful people. I am so happy you decided to join me on today's episode of the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins, and I hope you enjoy our time together today. As always, I want to thank you for dropping in because I know we are all busy and have a long list of to-dos. So thank you for being with us today. My goal and my intent for this space is to create a place where women feel empowered to go and live out their God-given destiny and also to establish a dialogue that is interesting and culturally relevant to our lives today. So if you're new here, welcome. I hope you'll come back for more. We are taking a look at a very interesting topic today, Necessary Endings. We have been talking about a book written by the same name by Dr. Henry Cloud. If you have never read the book, I highly recommend it. Today, we will be discussing how to normalize endings. Most of you are already squirming because the truth is very few of us like change and endings mean change. Endings are not bad, but they do require us to do something different. Something has to end in order for the new beginning to come. So today, we will unpack how to make endings normal. On the last episode, we talked almost entirely on the subject of pruning. Dr. Cloud says that pruning is the first step to endings. Um, He says, I'm sorry, Dr. Cloud says that pruning is the first step to endings. And he says to do a gut check to examine how we feel about the pruning process to come to terms with it, to actually be honest with yourself. How do you feel about that? That's the first step to moving forward. The second step is to make the endings a normal occurrence and a normal part of our business and or our life instead of always seeing it as a problem. It is only after this normalizing that we can truly align ourselves well with an ending. And here's the kicker. It has All of it has to do with our brains. See, if we see the ending as normal or expected, or maybe even a good thing, we embrace the ending and we take an action to execute them, almost like seeing it as a painful type of gift. But if we see the ending as meaning that something is wrong if this has to happen, then we resist the ending and we will fight it all along the way. Endings have to be perceived as a normal part of work and life. So let's think about a scene in a movie, you know, where the doctor has worked on the patient, but the patient ends up dying. So the doctor looks up at the clock, he quotes the time of death, he breathes a heavy sigh, he pulls his gloves off, and he walks out the door. Now, the doctor has done everything in his or her power to avoid this actual outcome. But when the monitor goes to the steady beep, they then accept what is normal, even if unwanted, and then they move on to try to save the next life. We must be 
able to admit when more effort wasn't going to bring about a different result. Reality must be seen and it must be grasped. Sometimes we have to come to terms with the fact that there is no problem to be solved other than to get a new set of problems. Now, this doesn't mean that your company, business, or relationship has to die completely, but it means that it must be allowed to morph and change into something new in order to survive and live to see another day. We have to honestly assess when something is truly over. If that is not a normal view of life for you, I want to encourage you to find that place today. Take a deep breath and realize that some things just need to end. They need a period, not a comma. Take a look at your worldview. Now, I'm not talking here necessarily about whether you have a biblical worldview or not. I'm already assuming if you are here on the Sisterhood and Co. podcast that you have well established that. But I mean your worldview about endings. See, if you see endings as a normal part of life, you're well on your way to a healthy outlook about this. In the book, Dr. Cloud lays out three principles that help us make endings both necessary and normal. The first one is, we must accept life cycles and seasons. The second one is, we must accept that life produces too much life. Now, I'll go on to explain that. And then number three, we must accept that incurable illnesses and sometimes evil are also part of life. This past week, we just learned about a mentally unstable woman who went into a Christian school in Nashville and killed six people. Now, we can all see that for what it is. Evil, pure evil in this world we are all trying to live in. But if we take these three principles together, They will help us make peace with endings so that when their time has come, you will be able to do what you need to do, I promise. So let's take a look at it. Number one, accepting life cycles and seasons. See, nothing lasts forever. Even our marriage covenant acknowledges this on day one. We all say in our vows, till death us do part. Life cycles and seasons are built into the nature of everything. Accepting this fact helps us align our actions with our feelings, our beliefs with our behaviors, and to accept how things are even when they die. Ecclesiastes tells us there is a time for everything under heaven. There is a time to be born and there is a time to die. And in between the birth and the death, there is a great big life to be lived. Many activities which have their own seasons. Now, those of us who have children who are now grown, we remember the sports seasons of their childhood. I can take myself right back to Saturday morning breakfast, getting everyone ready for their soccer matches that day getting snacks together, getting the car packed up with chairs or coats and all the necessary items we would need for all of Bailey and Eli's games. But there was a day when we attended the very last of their games. It was over. Now, thankfully, not because someone had died, but because the season and that cycle had changed. We are now in spring season. For a farmer, there's nothing out there but a field 
waiting to be sown. The farmer sows the seeds in the expectation that they'll take root and produce a harvest. But then that season is over and it becomes summer. Things change again. Things have now taken root. There's a whole different set of tasks to be done. There's watering, there's insect prevention, there's fertilizing, there's pruning, there's monitoring and managing and protecting the crops in the heat of summer. And then that season is over and we find ourselves in fall. And fall is harvest time. There's an urgency to get the crops out of the field before they rot or they're damaged by the rain or the cold. There's the gathering. There's immense care that is taken so that there is very little lost or wasted. Then that season ends and winter comes and with it the dying. See, if we accept, if we refuse to accept the changes that these seasons bring, we won't ever have a harvest. Businesses see these seasons, so do your finances, and I want to say to you, so do your relationships. Some people only want the sowing. They sow and they sow and they sow. They are cereal sowers. They can't see that sowing is just a season because it needs to end and then the work of tending can begin. So I ask you today, are you trying to birth things that should be dying? Are you trying to heal something that should be killed off? Are you laughing at something that you should be weeping at? The word of God plainly tells us that life has these seasons. So what about our second principle? It is accepting that life produces too much life. Now that sounds crazy, even as I say the words, too much life. I mean, there can be no such thing, right? But stay with me. Remember our rose bush from the first week on this topic. The reason it must be pruned is because it produced too many buds. Life begets life. Any person or business that is thriving and doing well does the same thing. Life begets life. That is normal but it can be too much. Pruning can become normal for us when we realize that life produces more. More of what? Life produces more relationships than you can nurture, more activities than you can keep up with, more clients that you, that you can service all in the same way, more mentors who once fit but whose time has passed, more partners whose time has passed. Now, I'm not talking about your marriages. More product lines than you can even focus on. More strategies than you can execute and more stuff than you have room for and can store and take care of. Life begets life. I can tell you that trying to nurture and pour myself into too many personal relationships is draining on me. I simply cannot do it all. I do not have the capacity to carry all of that. People who function at high levels and have extensive networks of relationships and friends that really work well are also very, very good at not having some as well. They prune them. It is absolutely necessary. These people have simply accepted a reality that they generate more activity than they can fruitfully handle. They respect themselves 
and they respect their own limits. So come to terms with this. Learn to accept that in your life and your business that it may produce more buds than you can nurture and you will be more able to end some things more readily and more easily. This brings us to our last principle, number three, accept that incurable sickness and evil exists. Now, I just mentioned about the Nashville school shooting from last week, evil. But I also want to say that some people, no matter what you do, are not going to change. I'm going to say that again. Some people, no matter what you do, some people are not going to change. Your life will be easier when you accept this fact. Once you accept this as a fact, some very necessary endings get much easier to do. Until then, you may labor along longer than you should, still trying to get somebody to change, thinking that one more meeting or one more coffee with them will do the trick and one more bit of encouragement. I've watched to most well-meaning people as some of them have wasted literally years stuck in situations like this, situations that should have ended long ago. If we can come to grips with the fact that some people, no matter how much you give or how much you try to help improve their lives, are not going to change, accept it. It will help you make the necessary ending. Years ago, I had a certain friend who would ask me often to coffee, and I went most every time for several years. The conversation, though, was always the same. Her issues and why God wasn't fixing her and her problems. Why did she feel depressed? Why was she anxious? Why could she not sleep? Why was her life like this? So the first few times I went, I, I just poured out my very best Bible verses, all the encouragement that I could muster. But with each passing coffee date, I noticed that I doled out fewer and fewer encouragements. Why was that? Because I was beginning, sadly, to realize she didn't really want to change. She wanted brokenness more than she wanted to change, and she really just wanted my attention. And nothing me or anyone else could do could fix it. So I ended that. I began to stop accepting the coffee dates. That relationship needed a good old-fashioned ending. So as I close this out today, I want to tell you, you have limits. We all do. We all would like to think that we are the exception to this. We all want to believe that we have enough time, enough energy to gather people and products and activities infinitely and never have to end any of them. We want a limitless life where time and space aren't reality. But this one universe that we all truly have and in it, we have all the three of these realities I've just told you about. They all exist. It is imperative that we accept the real universe where you and I live and work. Reality is tough, but it is the only place to get a good business or a good life. So before you go today, I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, Thank you for this one and only universe that you have created and you have decided to put us on. Help us to be good stewards of this beautiful life. Help us to understand these principles today so that we can move towards choosing a better tomorrow. Help us to normalize the endings of life. Help us to recognize the seasons and the cycles of life. 
We give ourselves to you today, Jesus, and we say we love you most, and we thank you for being the kindest one we know. We ask it all in your name. Amen. So you know I like to leave you with a tip of the day, and today's tip goes right along with today's episode. Here is a quote that I read by Lisa Whittle, who is an author, and it says this, there's room in your heart for everyone, but there's not room in your car. Now, what does she mean? Well, there's room in your heart, right? We love everyone, we can serve, we're accepting, right? All those things. But room in the car means you travel through life with, you have close companions, and actually intimate access to your life. Now, it's important to know the difference because just because you love someone does not mean you put them in your car. Do you know what I'm saying? When we don't have great boundaries, this can be really hard for us. We wind up taking people with us who may discourage us from where we're going or who even hinder us because of the amount of baggage they bring along with them. To be honest, this is why we burn out. It's why sometimes we end up resenting people. It may even be why we end up quitting. Cramming a lot of people in our cars doesn't make us more inclusive or spiritual. We cannot help everyone, and to think that we can is arrogance and pride. Be selective about those who you let into your car. Travel companions are very important, and you want to make sure you have chosen the right ones. All right, that's all I have for you today. I hope you've enjoyed your time with us today on the Sisterhood and Co. podcast. We have loved having you here and we hope you come back again. I hope you've heard something fun or I hope you have something fun planned today and I want you to go make this one life awesome. Mm-hmm.